United States submarine base at Key West, Florida. The dispatch that quoted President Truman's press secretary, Charles Cross, as saying that President Truman has no knowledge of any secret project by this government that would give substance to the existence of such objects. Cross also said that both the Air Force and the Navy deny that such objects exist. Hey! Hi! Um, hey, what's up? My name is Noelle, and actually, I want to know who the fuck told Area 51 that I was talking about that? I didn't even remember we were talking about him. It was right before the drag show, and I got a mention. And I open it up, and it's for the podcast, and I just like it and share it. And it was didn't you even listen to it. Sassafras. I can't believe. And now, and like, they listened to that episode, recorded and clipped the part where I was talking shit about that. Well, not really talking shit. I was just speaking you're, truth. You're talking about the vampires that go there. Yeah, I just said if you want to um, meet a real vampire, go to Area 51 on Friday night. Um, Area 51 transformed my youth from age 18 to maybe age 21 where I well, went thank the them because night. apparently they fucking listen yeah um I had so many good times there that was when um I like learned how to dance like a real hussy and um I was a I was at my trashiest trying to be cutest where you just that try hard girl who isn't yeah, cute, yeah. but yeah. goes to wet seal to maybe try to buy American Eagle fashions and it just doesn't translate. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're, you're speaking real truths there. Also, who the fuck are you? Uh, I'm Chelsea. Um, I'm very congested and I'm hoping that the Sudafed helps by at least the end of the episode. I also like watching Chelsea take, um, nasal de- decongestants and then follow it with alcohol yeah it's like you're making your own version of lean have you ever taken enough um like benadryls that you see the the man in the black rimmed hat no i you know about him feel little are you talking about like the like injured cold shadow guy that shows up all the time in the corner of people's vision Yes and no. You are attaching an injured coal for yourself, but well, that's it's like a name. So. Okay, well, yeah, the fucking man and they just look up man in hat, and it's like anytime anyone has a little dip in the wild side of too many Benadryls or mixing cold medicine and alcohol like you do, or like people after they've done a lot of drugs like Molly and shit, they'll see the man in the hat. Um, so, as you, someone who recreationally mixes medications and <laughs> alcohol, one oh Sudafed. god, that's that suck up. I'm sorry. I'll try to edit those out. I won't. You won't. It's fine. I'll just try to <laughs> um, swallow no, it. Is somebody who um, is very mildly affected by any medications? We'll see if this affects me at all. Um, if you mean lean, though, in the sense it'll make me skinny, I'm all about it. If you mean lean and that I'm going to see injured cold tonight, also all about it. I mean, keep doing what you're doing and you'll see something sometime soon. Um, I am taking the right amount, though. This was what I was accidentally super sick on for a while. Yeah, she was overdosing herself and she thought she was having heart palpitations and her anxiety was uncontrollable. And she yeah, went dude. to the doctor about it, but it was just because she was overdosing 
on fucking nasal decongestant. Let me tell you though, because I had a four hour anxiety attack and I burned 700 calories. So I went to the doctor and now I have to go get angiogram scans of my stomach to make sure that I'm not going to, um, you didn't give yourself an ulcer. Well, an angiogram is to make sure you're not getting blood clots um, because (laughs) those run in my family, as you know, or like aneurysms. But I have taken this same Kroger brand nasal decongestant. Everybody knows what it looks like. It's like the tiny little red pill Mm -hmm. in the box and you take two every four hours. Well, I guess when Oliver picked it up for me, he got the extra strength kind. And all Mm -hmm. the extra strength kind is just you take one instead of two. I thought this was a regular shit for like two months. So I was taking two and then I would get these crazy anxiety attacks, but I wasn't putting two and two together. And then one day I was counting the bubbles and look at the little bubble mailers on this. Oh, you know what? Does it say warning? (laughs) It does. It's like, don't take this, you fucking idiot. But the bubble mailers were like in a weird count. They like came in bundles of three. I was like, why do they come in bundles of three if you're supposed to take two at a time? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because and then I not. read the directions, and it was like, take one for the love of God, don't overdose yourself on it. So I mm-hmm. stopped doing that, and now my heart has gone back down. <laughs> well, that's good news. Also, I'm not a doctor, but I don't think you should be taking nasal decongestants like Sudafed every day, like it's fucking vitamin C. Uh, I don't take them every day. How, I was just how taking many- them every day that I had an anxiety attack, so I'm putting two and two together. <laughs> <laughs> every other day still isn't good. Um, um, also, if the doctor really gave a shit about what I was doing with my body, maybe they would actually help me when I go to the doctor. Your doctors don't give a shit about you. When are we gonna like? When are you gonna accept that? Any doctor I've ever met, it's like not the same doctor every time. The doctor when I went in when the bird flew into my head, mm-hmm. just was like, "Oh, good luck with that." I was like, yeah, because you're finding guy. you're finding quack doctors in Ogden, Utah, who were like board I, certified in 1920 when they were like, going, we've got to medically masturbate women to help with hysteria. Like, I, I am going doctor. to IHC Instacare, which is an institution in Utah where everybody you, knows it. Instacare. That's where you're getting your medical advice. That's from, where I went with the, the bird hit my doctor. head. Yeah, that's why Instacare is for rent-a-doctors you find on Craigslist. And yeah, I say Craigslist knowing that that's outdated. That's the fucking point. Um, But then I went to my regular doctor, and then he scheduled the angiograms to actually get a look at my heart and make sure everything's okay. So you're so crooked. Also, (sighs) before I forget, because I liked doing it up top, um, the link in our bio all of our bios. I'm at Noel Fane. That's at Sith Lord. You can find us on at Go to Hell Podcast everywhere. In there, you will find links to merch, which we have a Protect Trans Kid merch drop. One of the highest, like, interactive, I don't know, the most response we've ever had on a fundraising campaign so thank you everyone for that keep it up um you can also find links to our spotify apple podcast links to get some stickers and bandanas and enamel pins that kelly holloran or wildwood owl has made for us on etsy you can also join our discord server our facebook group and most importantly 
the link to our Patreon, where a dollar gets you in. You sign an NDA. Don't tell our secrets. But there are new and exclusive episodes every week there. Like, don't tell our secrets, but feel free to tell people we are talking shit. Yeah. That's the base. Yeah, do tell them that it is a wild time. Um, um, real good story on there today. So yeah, really. according to Noel, I thought this was just knowledge at this point. But I didn't know it was knowledge. So thank you for sharing it with me. You're welcome. Um, another thing I wanted to mention on here in a completely depressing and somber note, mm, yes. some of the worst fucking news I've ever heard is that um, you may have remembered us talking about how another link you could get to was to donate to the meal train for a longtime listener and friend of the podcast, um, Tim, as he was battling essentially complications from um, chemo, where he developed pneumonia in the hospital. And unfortunately, we found out on the 20th, so just a few days ago, that he had passed. And I was at a loss for words. I think if anyone who um, who is like on this podcast or in the Facebook group or Discord group, when he was first diagnosed um, with cancer, he was taking it as I think any of us would, being as lighthearted and jokey. And he had um, testicular cancer and was making every joke imaginable under the sun that you could make about getting testicular cancer and he was just i giving the world comedy in like his darkest days i would say like he was just making everyone laugh while he was literally you know um getting chemo and to watch it go from that just like him, the essence of him, like the selflessness to make everyone else feel good and laugh around you while you're like out here battling the fucking war, you know, like what just so, so classic, so classic him. And um, to see that happen and then it go to like, you know, his wife posting and, you know, how he was hospitalized and then just, you know, it, that was it. And, they made it a point to say he wouldn't want anyone to feel sad and feel bad and sit on the depressive thoughts. Like, of course, feel sad, feel those feelings, but most of all, just life is so fleeting. Laugh yeah. every second you can. Absolutely. Um, and the link is still in the Linktree bio to donate to his family. And if they post that, they need help with medical bills or expenses. We'll absolutely add that in there too. Um, but all of my love and all of the positive and cheesy and encouraging words that anyone could give you while you grieve, I give to um, his wife, his family, and all of his friends. Mm-hmm. So, um, so hail Tim. Top yeah, of the hour. Hail Tim. And in his honor, let's talk about some fucking aliens. Yes. All right. Uh, here we go. I'm going to preface this that there is a lot of uh, Japanese in this episode, and I'm going to do my best. <laughs> Great. God, love <laughs> that. Pucker your holes now. Um, so, 
Joseph Allen Hynek was born. That wasn't a Japanese name. Maybe I should have waited. A minute. <laughs> Remember, I was like, oh, huh? oh, that's just standard English. Um, so Joseph Allen Hynek was born May 1st, 1910 in Chicago, Illinois. And he grew up to fulfill my dream of becoming an astronomer and ufologist. Ufologist. I will I'll die first. Uh, so although Heineck isn't a household name you would be hard-pressed not to have stumbled across his ideas either in the conspiracy world or at the very least pop culture you see J. Allen Heineck is the man whose ideas not only became the foundation of the world of UFO encounters but Steven Spielberg even made a movie about it I am talking of course about the Heineck scale otherwise known as the close encounters tier and this is a scale that uses different criteria to measure UFO sightings. So an encounter of the first kind is just seeing a UFO. Sure. An encounter of the second kind is a UFO, but with actual physical side effects or some sort of remnant interaction. And the list for this is huge, but good examples would be like radio frequency interruptions, um, burned vegetation, like a crop circle, animals freaking out. Um, mm hmm physical illness, anything that has like a tangible. Would you say like memory loss too? Like when people are like lost time? Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Um, the third kind of UFO encounters is where anal probing a physical and animated entity is present is present. I almost said president. You said anal probing. And then I was like, yeah. president, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, take that Biden. And so either as occupants or pilots of the UFO. So this one, you see a UFO close enough that you can see something inside of it. So that's is, it. Well, yeah. what do you mean? There's, there's more. What about the anal probes? That is not an encounter of the third kind. An encounter of that kind? Not until the next tiers, probably. Hmm. Okay. So this is technically where Hynek's scale ends. But over time, the next two tiers of this. How uh, much does he actually know about UFOs and aliens if he stopped there and didn't get into anal probing? Because, like, that's what it's all about. I actually did look into it. So if you were anally probed, that would be an, more or so an encounter of the second kind because it had physical interaction. You. This is why the second tiers come into place. Yeah, this is this, why they this, added two more tiers. This tier list makes no fucking sense um, and is not based in reality. So, and I'm speaking about the reality where there are aliens. <laughs> so the fourth kind is abduction. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. then, so that would probably be anal probing. Um, I would say it was, it's past abduction, though, because they're not just like, hey, did you figure out Wordle today? Like, it's not like just an abduction. They're, you know, inside of you. That's like a, uh, that's a four and a half kind. If we're being generous, it is. Ah, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> the fifth kind is direct communication between the UFO and human. So then I, it's sixth kind. It's sixth kind because the probing is sixth kind. Probing is sixth Why, kind. You're hung up on the probing, which is weird. Yeah, because literally any. Are you fucking high? Anytime, are you fucking high? Are you fucking high? <laughs> Anytime anyone has been abducted by aliens, it's not just like abduction. And then they were like, oh, we got you. And then they put you back down on Earth. And it's not like they abducted you. And then they sit you down and they're like, so 
tell us about your life. That's never it. They're sucking sperm out of your dick hole. They're putting shit inside of your asshole. God, Noelle, you're thinking too small. Are you kidding me? You're thinking it's got to be one or the other. This builds. You're going to see a UFO and then you're going to feel its physical effects. And then you're going to see that it's being fucking piloted. They're going to slurp your ass up and then they're going to talk to you while they probe your ass. Okay, I just wanted to like make sure we were really covering that because that's like the whole entire basis of alien abductions. No one, yeah. where, who has ever had a story of an alien abduction and they were like, and we consensually sat down and had a conversation about, you know, what? geopolitics. That's what? never it. All that's of the, the Venusian, all of the Venusian abductions had you know no that they were probing. They were literally fucking, are you kidding me? But it was, it Okay, the Venusian thing was like more so time travel, and I dare say that none of the Nordics probed either. You're thinking of the Greys, man. You got to expand no, your horizons. No, absolutely not. Are you? Are You're you gonna for look real? valiant for in his perfect fucking face and tell me that that man was anally probing people? Yes. Why do you think Hitler was so non-consensually the fucking Aryans? Dog? Non-consensually. Valiant That's why Thor. their whole like <laughs> you have to reproduce to get you these can't reproduce up the buttons. You cannot That's reproduce up the butt. Your public closed, education is How closed mind earth dweller of you to say that. I okay, I will say 100% and I'm saying this with my whole chest of public education, neither you or I could get pregnant up the butt. No, but we're not valiant Thor. That's true. That's what I'm saying. But also God, you're you so at, ignorant somehow. No, you're being ignorant because you're, you're only being thinking ignorant. at small scale. All you want to do, you just want to folk you want to go straight to the anal probing and you don't even want to talk about the talking because they don't talk <laughs> there's no whining and dining in the alien abduction world okay convince me of the whining and dining i guess uh that actually has nothing to do with it. <laughs> yeah i thought you fucking ignorant whore <laughs> no, you st- yo, dare you. <laughs> um so oftentimes modern day ufo encounters are either blasted all over the internet or they're reduced to redacted articles released by the cia but Before the government buried all credible UFO sightings under the rug and left the rest to be talked about by white trash rednecks on Jerry Springer, I can say that because that's my culture, um, (laughs) mass UFO sightings used to really mean something, man. Now, like, if somebody says that they've seen a UFO, they're either a conspiracy theorist or you're looking at them sideways. Yeah, that's true. Like, even I still think they were feeling that vibe, though, back in the day. I think it used to be more socially acceptable to talk about the weird stuff that you would see in the sky without the government trying to be like, you're crazy or this is a government secret. People used to just be able to talk about stuff. Not anymore. Not in the well, future that the liberals have created. I mean, yeah, because they also released all the documents that were like... They're all fucking redacted. Yeah, but they're still like, yeah, UFOs are real. Like, they Barely. said, like, they literally said that. They literally said that, though. The and everyone was just like... Huh, okay. No, the disclosure that they gave us was so watered down. They're like, yeah, there have been craft that we can't identify flying around. And then they spit in our mouths and wanted us to be okay with it. Yeah. They're like, I hope you're full now. I'm like, I'm not full. I'm still hungry. But they, one spit per citizen. Yeah. It's, I mean, you're not wrong, but I'm also Tiny little raspberry. Like, just They have, they have <laughs> said that it is real. Barely. More than before. Barely. Okay. It's like I had water before, and then they gave me a LaCroix, 
And I'm like, this is still not good. And they, they were like, well, that's what you get. Um, you know that I will agree with that analogy. Okay, thank you. The the leaked, not leaked, the fully released documents about UFOs is the equivalent of drinking a LaCroix. Yeah. So, now I know Noelle agrees with me here. I know you agree with me. About what? When we say that the Grim Reaper sightings of the Black Play were actually alien encounters, but alien encounters in history don't stop there. Um, So, I feel like you're going to jump right on this just because I think you're a pervert. But for this episode, we're going to an old province of Japan called Hitachi. Um, (laughs) Really? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. That's incredible. I actually bet it's where the Hitachi Magic Wand was from because, like, that's for sure a Japanese product. Shout out to them. God, they just do so much for us. (laughs) For those of you who also went to public school – this area would be mid-Japan on the east side. And that's... I tried to look up what it was close to, and I still didn't know what that was. Um, nowhere near Tokyo, or I would have just used that fucking reference. Um, but there are a lot of benefits. <gasps> it it was them. To, was it? Hitachi LTD, which was a construction tools company in Japan. And in 1970, they created the magic wand. <gasps> Wow. Okay, like, I anyway. should have just put, like, wait for Noelle to talk about the Hitachi wand here. I, l- I just, what a, what a history lesson. Okay, anyway, go on. Now you can just spew that out to people. Whether they're ready or willing or not, you can let them know the history of that. You're welcome. Thank you. So, actually, you're welcome. Um, so, there are a lot of benefits when it comes to established areas of history. And... The most common um, in areas of history like this is that they have a very concise and well-documented chronicle of all the different encounters and stories that have gone on there. Um, And such a story that we are going to talk about comes from three separate manuscripts. And these manuscripts are old. They are um, not the only mentions of what we're going to talk about, but they are the very first. So, I'm sorry in advance. The first one is called the Toen uh, Shosetsu, mm. the Hiyoru Kishu, mm-hmm. and the Ume no Chiri. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. Yeah. If only my uh, nasal geek Justin kicked in and I sounded less nasally. Um, but rolling back to February 22nd, 1803 in this province, um, fishermen were working on the shore as normal when they noticed a disturbance out on the water. Now off on the distant horizon, they could see a strange object floating on the water, seemingly without any direction. Concerned that it could be a wayward sailor, a group of men paddled out to the object and towed it back to shore. And the details of the vessel that they brought back with them were all consistent in all the texts and extremely detailed, describing it as 10.8 feet tall and 18 feet wide. The top of the vessel was domed and looked to be made of some sort of red wood material, and the bottom was more flat and appeared to be covered with brassy plates. The vessel had windows on its upper part, which seemed to be made of glass or crystal and was covered with bars. And upon first inspection, the windows themselves seemed to be uh, covered with, like, a viscous substance. Come. Which protected the inside, (laughs) either from the sun or it granted its occupants a little bit more privacy. 
So the men, rocking back on their tippy toes, they stood just high enough where they could barely look into the vessel and make out some of the objects through the sheen of the liquidy substance sticking to the window. Come. Seeing that it was hollow on the inside and covered with a language that they were not familiar with. And on the floor of the vessel were two bed sheets, some water, and some food. Interesting that there would be bed. There would be a bed in sheets. Very interesting. The probing room, some mm-hmm. would say. Um, and the fisherman, unsure what to call the vessel, could only really describe its interior as some sort of smoothed-out rice bowl, which eventually led to its name, the Utsuro Bune, or hollow boat. You said it with so much confidence just now, I believed you. I listened to a YouTube video on how to uh, pronounce it, and there are different pronunciations. <clears throat> um, one of them thank was you like, for swallowing that. Thank you. One of them was Utsuro uh, Bunya. And that the other one, right. yeah, then the other one was like Itsuro Bun, but Itsuro Bune, I think, yeah. sounded the most correct. Um, yeah. I couldn't find the Japanese pronunciation of it for some reason, but I found the Chinese pronunciation of it. So uh, I'm going with that one because the other pronunciations were like from Canada. Yeah, they sound very England. Caucasian. Yeah, I I tried to go with the least Caucasian sounding one, but I also admit I'm very ignorant. Um, but Itsuro Bune. So, and it wasn't until something moved inside the vessel that they realized that there is something alive in there. And what they would see would go down in written history is one of the earliest and most modern written documentation of an encounter of the fifth kind. They talked to a fucking alien and it talked back. Wow. So on the side of the vessel, furthest from the fisherman sat a woman who they went on to describe as roughly 20 years old. All of her hair, including her eyebrows, they made sure to say that especially her eyebrows, was a striking red color. And where her natural hair ended, it appeared that white fur extensions had been braided in. Her skin had a unique pink tone to it, but it was definitely lighter than the complexion of the fisherman who stumbled upon her. This woman is just like from Ireland. Ooh, I knew you were going to say that, and I actually wrote a response further down. Um... Her clothing was long, light, and smooth, as if it were made from the whitest silk available. She stood a little under five feet tall, and after a while, she spoke out to the fishermen. And although they had no idea what she was saying and didn't rec- they didn't really recognize the language she was speaking, they did try to talk back, but she didn't understand she what they were like, either. I don't know what an Irish sounds <laughs> like. I don't know. I know. I was like... <laughs> Is can you right? help me get out the water? Can you help me get out the water, lads? And they're like, what? <laughs> what, girl? <laughs> oh, uh, that's exactly what happened. That's the yeah. end of the episode. And then they were like, that's a weird language she's speaking. <laughs> like, we don't like strangers around here. Uh, she did act friendly, but her mood would only change um, to a little bit. I don't want to say threatened, but definitely terrified to the point of like, I am a cornered animal right now. Whenever the fisherman would point or inquire about the strange 23 inch box that she was holding in her hands. And even when the men tried to help her from the vessel, their hands would get too close to the box and she would immediately retreat, obviously frightened. And she would speak in very short bursts of language, which discouraged the men from getting any closer. And it's at this point where the story strays into two different thoughts in one version the men just decide to push her boat offshore and watch it get caught in the tides where it just swirled 
for years to come. And then they could see the woman inside the boat, boat get visibly old until she died. And then eventually like the tides did take it and it went away. Um, and the, what? yeah, they just pushed her out to sea and she got old and died instantly. No, after like, she lived in it for like decades off the coast but for some reason, the tides never carried it out to sea or into sea. And so she was just basically spinning. She eternal. was fucking chilling in the this fucking boat. And the men watched her grow old and die after decades. Hmm. They just killed an Irish woman. Yeah. But she lived in that thing for decades. That's what's weird. A regular person would run out of their water and die. The Irish have been known. Well, Irish. Yeah. <laughs> no, she was actually just drinking Guinness. That's yeah. it. I was trying to think of like anything Irish. Um, so that was it. Like in that version, she just kind of floated close to shore, never leaving, and girl that died. Um, in the other one, and I genuinely do not understand the minds of men in either story. They still gave her the fuck it treatment and they pushed the ship, the boat offshore. But this time it just went out into the ocean. And was never seen again. No, well, I like that story better. I like the one where she just is like, for 50 years, just watching them. And not a single person was like, we should help her. There's like, no. Meh. She was fucking scary and weird. They had to get out of her. They had to get rid of her. I do admit it is a weird story, but what makes it particularly interesting, again, is what the amount of history that was documented regarding this story. And part of that history and part of the story that makes it so fascinating isn't so much that we're talking about a shipwreck um, with a white woman in there. It's essentially that in every account of the Itsuro Bune that was ever logged in history, it is 100% fucking clear that she was not in a boat she was in a flying fucking saucer yeah so chelsea put pictures that are clearly like of the time period and that's just straight up a fucking ufo it's that classic fucking like no interpretation otherwise yeah like just ufo it's not even a dinner plate sometimes like people flying saucer it's a dinner plate no it's a flying fucking saucer um so let's dive into the heck and heck of what happened here now, I know people, Noel, are going to want to dismiss this encounter as a white woman meeting Japanese men for the first time. And it's exactly what it that. sounds like. It's, it's exactly um, what it sounds like. But please remember that this happened in the early 1800s. So the very idea that a white woman would not know about Japan the same year that we made the Louisiana Purchase is fucking preposterous. Um, I mean, but that specific breed of white woman... Almost translucently Caucasian, ginger, speaking in a thick accent that could only be created and made by borscht and I know what you're thinking. It is possible, but the Hitachi region was part of a massive trade route for Japan (laughs) at the time. Uh (laughs) Meaning that they would not only be familiar with the skin color of their European trade partners, but they would also be very familiar with the types of textiles coming through. Remember, when they described her clothes, they said it was some sort of unknown and smooth substance that they had never seen before. 
Now, silk first came to Japan in the 4th century, and satin had been bip-bopping around trade routes since the 12th century, meaning that it is extremely unlikely that these fishermen would have no idea what kind of fabric that they were looking at. And in regards to the strange skin color, Westerners have been coming to Japan since the mid-1500s, which makes it even more extremely unlikely that the fishermen were seeing a Caucasian person collectively for the first time. It is very possible that maybe one or two in the village had not seen a white person or even a person with red hair, but enough people in that area and were coming through on the trade routes that they would absolutely be able to recognize a boat style. They'd be able to recognize a Caucasian person and they would absolutely be able to recognize the clothes that she was wearing. At the very least, the fabric. Mm-hmm. Next, we have the box that the woman was holding. So in one version of history, one of the elders of the townspeople believed it was actually the severed head of her lover. And that wasn't really a common punishment at the time. Um, but it has been logged before that women have had this punishment happen to them. So in fact, in one of the manuscripts about the Utsuro Bune specifically, it said that women who were punished for marital crimes often had to carry around their lover's head in a box. So although that was... It's my written, dick in a box, but it's yeah, the head of their that's lover. It. Yeah. Um, both are useless. Oh, true. But also uh-huh. like... How that just feels like so human and based in like this era of lore to be like, oh, it was the head of her lover or you know what I mean? Like, that's just like so that's just so not UFO. But it's one of the few times where I'm okay either way. I don't don't like that box, but if it was the head of her lover, what's in the box? I don't like that because like, why the fuck would an alien give a dick about having the head of her lover in a fucking well, box. Well, this is if she was just a regular person. Oh. They were like, she was a banished woman and they oh. banished her by putting her lover's head in a box. But I agree with you, Noelle. Um, that doesn't make much sense. And historians would agree with you and I. Mm-hmm. Because the practice of banishing women to sea with their lover's head in a box isn't something seen in any mainstream historical context. So it's absolutely unlikely that this one person just appeared out of nowhere with some sort of revolutionary punishment from ireland though all the way from fucking ireland that's super impossible i feel that's like the least likely place to impossible to you not if you're an alien (laughs) um and there are some ufo related schools of thought on what this box could have been and most of it come down to it's actually her ufo's black box Um, And we could do an entire episode about the black box encounters from UFO crashes, because those are just as fascinating as men in black encounters, I think. But in a nutshell, when you run into a black box of a crashed UFO, most of the time the encounter ends in either insanity or death. And if this were the case, it makes sense that the woman was terrified that the men touching the box would end up dying and then the crowd could turn against her. Or, in a similar tier, the black box was the last remnant of a devastating crash, and she was a lone survivor destined to protect it, and it was her only beacon home for someone to, like, fucking rescue her and come See, get See, that would make more sense to me. I like this. Especially, like, we haven't talked about the black boxes of UFOs, I think, ever. Mm-mm. Um, but there is so much lore about the 
leftover parts of like UFO crashes and they're almost always deadly. So I like the idea that she's like, if this crowd touches this and they all die, they'll either turn against me or I'm just benevolent enough that I don't want the crowd to die. I also like the idea that we all understand black box technology. It has like Mm -hmm. a beacon in it. Why would she let that go if that was her only way out of there? Out of there being Earth, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, even if like they didn't have the name for like black box, it being whatever remnants she had left to get her out or away from Earth make just as much sense. Yeah, and also, uh, I know you... Jumping back on the Irish thing, there is no way an Irish woman could be out to sea and not have a sunburn. So that's true. Um, That is the only true point you've (laughs) So there have actually been multiple research projects since this incident occurred trying to explain what this woman and her vessel could be. But really, I think the answer here is clear. She's a Nordic alien. Mm, mm, Maybe a... um, outcast nordic alien because she was a ginger and not a blonde Ooh, maybe not anyone that would make sense that would make sense yeah not anyone could be a blonde Mm-mm. so remember nordics are the scandinavian resembling aliens who primarily bop around antarctica there's my little yeah. shout out because it always comes back to antarctica um And most UFO enthusiasts believe that this was a very real encounter with a Nordic who experienced some sort of ship problem and was left adrift at sea, waiting for her black box to let her home know where she was. And remember, I said that there have been multiple research projects trying to figure out who this one was and where she came from. In this rare instance, the more research that goes into it, the more it points to UFO and less it points to some sort of otherworldly explanation i mean be a ufo absolutely from the pictures alone like what what else could it be i i the only misstep in this historical event is that they didn't like drag that fucking ship to shore and like help her and like investigate it well they did drag it to shore but then they just kind of like pushed her back out yeah Um, but like I don't know. I thought this would be kind of like a Tuscan Raiders type of situation where they would grab that fucking craft and strip it for its parts. And then that's how we would find like space metal. Maybe if she had landed in North America, but I feel like, um, Oh, that's the Japanese true. Appreciate like the sanctity. They were like, like, this is none of our business. And they just yeah. pushed her back out. Yeah, They're like, Whoop. that's actually the fairest point. That um, is so true. That is very valid. That they were like, that, yep, not our business. And then, boop, bye. Whereas if she had hit, you know, God forbid, like, fucking Miami, Florida, they would have been shredding that shit for oh parts. Oh, my God. Absolutely. Fucking Dominic Toretto from Fast and Furious would have come out and raced it. And then he yeah. would have been like, too soon. And then hit the NOS right at the last minute. I was watching Fast and Furious 9 before I started Okay. Recording. I was like, that's an interesting correlation but that makes more sense okay yeah i'm not mad at this i mean i'm i'm mad at how nothing happened but yeah i'm not mad at that it happened and that's essentially how it ends like it was gone and it was never seen again there are some mentions of the itsuro bune in other provinces in japan so it's very possible that she was was floating around around. and they're like hey look at that But they're all at different times. Um, And one of them, uh, uh, 
a fisherman in the seventh century makes notes of finding a girl, like a redheaded woman in an Itsurobune and pushes her back out to sea to help escape like the emperor. Um, and then in these different manuscripts, they're there. And then there's the language too, that was written on the walls. Like they said that the, that they hadn't recognized what it was. And I agree. Like you can't look at any language and immediately know what it is, but I think you can identify in a nutshell what a language could be. Like I may not be, um, like I may look at like Italian versus Portuguese versus Spanish. And I'd be like, I don't know the distinctions between each, but it's, something like that mm-hmm. in the same way that I could look at like French, um, German, English, you know, Latin, and I'd be like, okay, it's something like that. Or, um, it comes from the same root. I mean, even when looking yeah. at like, I mean, like kanji, even you're like, okay, yeah, it's, it's coming from, it's similar in this region. Yeah. And they, the language on that was like written on the walls, it, they did copy down some of it into the art and if you look at it, it almost looks like a kanji style text, um, but there isn't really any way to decipher it. It's not a known language. And the men who came ac- upon the Itsurobune described the language being more um, transmitted mentally. And those are even encounters that we've seen come out of like the British military. There have been you know, instances where there have been UFO encounters and they say that the language seemed to be more intrinsic, more than read. And that's how they were able to like write down the language because it was like transmitted, like right in their fucking cerebellum, man. Um, So that is also interesting that the different historical accounts have the same symbolism in there, even though they were written in very different manuscripts. And Mm -hmm. a lot of the tradition at that time, um, the manuscripts were taken from like the oral history and then put into the text and people remembered it well enough that all of the descriptions of it even look the exact same. Like if you look at the drawings, even the Mm -hmm. windows are in the same spot. You have one window that's a square, one's a circle. You have the circle on the top, how the lines come down into a point, how the text. Doesn't it kind of look like a solar panel that square? Yeah, it looks like a mushroom almost. Like, without I mean, the yeah, the stem. colored one for sure. Yeah, but I could see that like square window being like a solar panel. Yeah, but anyway, or, yeah, it's very. It, we will show the art. I'm sure Noel will pick art, specific art for like the cover, but we can share it to the Instagram too. But the fact that it is so very fucking clearly not anything of the region or of the time. Um, and it was so well documented. Like, what else would it be? Yeah. Some people have tried to say, like, yeah, they had circular boats or round boats at the time. That's a fucking UFO, though, babes. Do not just, yeah, do not just, like, diminish what we are specifically seeing here, which is clearly a UFO. There's another picture behind it. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, come on. Why do you think Ancient Aliens is going on still after all these years? Yeah. So that's it. Like, there's really nothing really known about the Itsurobune other than yeah, because they just said sightings. Minding my business, they yep. said minding my business. There were no young teens running out to go investigate because they heard a sound. There was nothing because everyone just said, 
this is not my business. Yeah. They were and just living away. for the weekend and she yeah. rolled up on a Tuesday and this was not a Tuesday problem. Yeah. Yeah. I respect him for it, honestly. Does it hurt to know that like we maybe couldn't be missing out on more of a story? Yeah. But I also do respect their respect of minding your own fucking business. And that's really what the episode was about. <laughs> I got it a little bit in Patreon. Some people just got to mind their fucking P's and Q's. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I do yeah. want to say, if you come across an Utsador Burnet, drag her ass out. And That's what, yeah, <laughs> I am saying. Interrogate her mercilessly. Yeah. The time has come and gone where you could just mind your own business. De- pull that bitch to shore, for the sure. The time of being our own Disney villains is upon us. Mm-hmm. I'm in so, my villain era, so like, pull that bitch to shore and question her. I'm in my villain origin story, I think. I'm still kind of like letting the trauma unfold and mold me into a direction. Am I going to be an environmental terror? Am I just going to be a bitch? Hmm. You already are that one, so maybe try the environmental niche. Am I bitchy? Am I a bitch or am I bitchy? There is an important distinguishment-ness there. I think you're bitchy. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> you want to know why? Because I'm too weak to be a full-fledged bitch. That's why I'm still in my origin. That's true. Mentally and physically. Yeah. But, you know, keep trying and you'll get there. I think I'm good, though. Like, I think if I all a joker and fall into a vat of, like, acme acid, I think the fact that I can reasonably mix nasal decongestant with alcohol and SNRIs, I don't think the acid would kill me. Definitely not. So You would come out more like Bane. Like the 90s Batman. Worse asthma than what I already have. And bald. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, We learned a lot. Mind your own fucking business is really what we learned. We learned that a lot of history is left untold because people were too busy minding their own fucking business. Dude, a fisherman's life is ruled by a set of rigid and complex schedules and you cannot fuck around i mean clearly i honestly the more i think about it the more i chew on it the more i digest it i'm like this man this is like working class tried and true working class and a motherfucking ufo lands he goes i literally do not have fucking time for this like (laughs) i literally don't even have a smidge like i'm gonna try to help and then the first sign of no you know what? I shouldn't have even helped. Goodbye. Like yeah. that is a level of um, just like I don't, yeah. I can't. With acknowledging you. you saw it was the first mistake. Mm-hmm. 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 Incredible. Mm-hmm. Truly incredible. Yeah. God, love them. Love them for it. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. I'm like at first I was a little sad, but now I'm like, mm-hmm. drip respects drip. I like this game. Truly, think about it. Imagine just any you know Wednesday evening. And imagine you're so up in your own shit that you see a UFO and you go, I literally can't even. And you just walk away and you just turn your back to it. That's an incredible level of like. It's it's like when you hear like a car wreck happen outside your house and you'll look for a second and you're just like, oh, and you immediately go back to work. It's like, hope they're okay. I too am suffering. Um, Oh my God. It's the, they bystander defected themselves. Yeah. With a historical event, with a major historical event. They just said, mm, I don't see it, baby. I don't see it. Which is wild because I'm always like, I won't do that. I won't be that one. Yet here I fucking am. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I get yeah. it. Yep. I get it. Hit me on the right weekday with enough projects under my belt. And I'm like, 
I don't have time for this. Can you guys circle back? Can you circle back? Send me one more Slack with a Zoom meeting scheduled on my calendar, and I will ignore the government coming in and telling me I won the lottery. <laughs> I, just, yeah, just, I just am too frustrated today. You just got to push that bitch out to sea, you know? Yeah. They, that's what they essentially did. They did the 1800s version of putting your phone on Do Not Disturb. Is it- <laughs> that's exactly it. Yeah, no. they let, let the tide... Let yeah. the tide take care of it. If it's that important, they'll leave a voicemail. And she didn't, so they were right, honestly. If that's important, the moon will bring the tides back. <laughs> yeah, she'll come back. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, man. Oh, I, you know, to this I would say, hail Satan. And most importantly, hail these fishermen, man. No one minds <laughs> their business quite like them. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hail minding your business. <sighs> I wasn't ready to hit end. I guess I can edit this part Slow, out. bitch. Slow, bitch. You see the Physically man in the hat? You see the man Maybe in the hat yet? Behind you. I wish, girl. I wouldn't be so alone in this place. There's <laughs> <laughs> Apollo's there. At least Cora's breathing will keep you company. <laughs> oh, fuck off. <laughs>